The Bruin Basketball Nostalgia Tour sets up shop in sparsely inhabited Boise, Idaho. Yes, back in 1995, UCLA going head-to-head with Missouri in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And tomorrow, it will be exactly 25 years to the day this matchup took place. So only fitting and timely that we have it as our featured game that we will run back in its entirety on this episode of Locked on Bruins. Welcome into the show. I'm Brian Fenley, also a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio. I have been very appreciative of all the recommendations for games, prior classic games, that you've sent out to me to discuss, and I want to keep that going. And because we have, as I said, this lull in the action for basketball season, how am I going to fill content? Well, let's go back and, and dive into some classic games and have some fun looking at it from a host of different angles. So if you have any Bruin basketball wins that went down in history that you will never forget and you would like me to elaborate more on and storytell about, please let me know. You can reach out to me. The best way is via Twitter, at Brian Fenley. Brian with a Y, F-E-N-L-E-Y, or my email is LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. As you know, imperative to also hit that subscribe button. So as you probably have an idea of what we're going to do here, it is about the game, but it's also the lead-up to the game and how the game itself affected the Bruins afterwards. So not just a play-by-play of the game itself, But an overall look from start to finish, from an introduction all the way to to a conclusion. So a whole storytelling sesh here to get you all involved in what this game was like and the atmosphere surrounding it. So we take you back to 1995. And this was a Bruin team at that point that was searching, actively seeking an NCAA title. They had not won anything as far as a national championship since John Wooden. And that had been a a couple decades ago. So the more time elapsed since John Wooden's last title, the more pressure on the following coach who was at the helm of UCLA, and the more people got despair-filled. They thought, you know what, is this ever going to happen again? Are we ever going to win a national championship again? We were spoiled for so long. When is that moment going to happen when we get back to the promised land and win an NCAA championship. They had been so close since the wooden days, but never have been able to pull it off. So the year before this season, so we go back to 93-94 season with Jim Herrick at the helm, still the head coach, and he would be the head coach during this season as well in 94-95. But he got his guys into the NCAA tournament, and they lost in the opening round to Tulsa. Ed O'Bannon, who we're going to talk about glowingly in this episode, had 30 points in that game. But the Bruins were coming into this year, and that year meaning 1995 in in the NCAA tournament, with that ugly feeling in their stomach, stomach that they had already been beaten in the early rounds a season ago. So they had extra motivation and something to prove. The head coach for Missouri was Norm Stewart. And here was a guy who is a legend, one of the greatest to ever coach the game of college basketball. They have had documentaries done about this guy. He was a former player at Missouri, spent a short stint in the NBA with the St. Louis Hawks, drafted in 1956, realized that 
he's probably not going to make a lot of money and have a lot of success as a player, so he puts his name into the coaching realm and finds himself back at Missouri. Now, check this out. The two years before he, he got to Missouri, that program was 6-43 and overall. And then when he took over in 1967 until 1999, they won 634 times. He had 17 21 seasons and eight conference championships. Now, a quick overview on some of the key faces on this Missouri team. Kendrick Moore had the assist to put the Tigers ahead with 4.8 seconds to go in this game. We'll get into that play much more in detail later on on this episode. But Moore, he grew up and played high school basketball with Marcus Camby. You remember him, the UMass star coached by John Calipari. Camby went on to a long career in the NBA and ended up being an assistant college basketball coach, even being an assistant under Bruce Pearl at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee when they got to the Sweet 16 in 2005. Then there was Derek Grimm. He was the guy that was trying to defend the shot that was put in by the Tyus Edney at the end. And Derek Grimm, a six foot nine guy, who was battling the flu, missed shoot-around that morning. They had to pump IV fluids into him, still got out there and played. More on his history and his career in just a moment. Then there was Julian Winfield. He hit the go-ahead basket to put the Tigers in front. Late in this game, you remember that 4.8 seconds to go, Tigers fans will never forget the heroics of Winfield. His dad at the time was an assistant coach on the team. Then there was the three-point shooting prowess of Paul O'Lenny, best three-point shooter on the team. He was a walk-on and he was a transfer from Pensacola Junior College where he led them to a national title. On the Bruins side, obviously Jim Herrick and he was fired not long after this season and I don't want to go down that road as to why that happened. But his starting lineup that season, they all ended up in the NBA. We start with Ed O'Bannon, Obviously, he was the conference player of the year. He ended up being a first-round selection, ninth overall in the 1995 NBA draft, picked up by the Nets. Only spent three years in the NBA, though. His number was retired by UCLA, number 31, in 1996, and just was never a really good fit in the NBA. His body just was not fitting into how the NBA game was progressing and the style that it was going. So he ended up saying that he played for 12 different teams in at least six countries and told one reporter he was coached by 15 different coaches in his pro career. Bounced all across the globe. You remember his brother, who was also on this team, Charles O'Bannon. He was a guy that was selected by the Detroit Pistons in the third pick in the second round. And his son, Charles O'Bannon Jr., was a McDonald's All-American. He signed with USC, you remember that? But a couple months ago decided to transfer. So he has put his name in the transfer portal. Then Tyus Edney, the star of this game, he played for the Kings in the NBA for a couple seasons. And then with the Celtics, played for the Pacers for a year. A father, His father was a, a former football player at Cal State Long Beach. And Tyus started playing ball at four years old. His family grew up in Compton. And he was a very quiet-natured kid growing up, even on the court. 
And if there was one criticism about him is that he did not speak enough and communicate on the court. And he was very soft-spoken and very much of an introvert. George Zidek, the, the center on this Bruins team, the first Czech player from the Czech Republic ever to be drafted in the NBA, picked up by the Charlotte Hornets in the 1995 draft. And fascinating story because Jim Herrick, one of his assistants that season was Lorenzo Romar. Now, you know Romar is now the head coach at Pepperdine. Well, George Zidek's son is now playing for Romar at Pepperdine. So it was a fascinating story that I just kind of discovered in that Romar said we were sent videotape about Zidek's son and then reached out to George because they had that relationship together at UCLA. And then they led them in the Pepperdine Waves to offer his son a scholarship. And he's currently on the team. Now, Toby Bailey was another guy. What a great player he was. Drafted by the Lakers in the second round. Bounced around a little bit in the NBA also with the Suns. He is a sports agent now. So he is making himself very successful in his post-playing days. Olenny and Missouri were looking really good in the first half of this game. And the Bruins, not so much. A very inauspicious start for them. And coming up on the other side, we go play-by-play. The game from start to finish, the memorable moments, what stood out, and how UCLA was able to put together one of the most memorable, most remarkable wins in the history of the NCAA tournament. The Bruins coming into this matchup after beating Florida International by a large margin, and you had Missouri dethroning the Bobby Knight Indiana Hoosiers in the first round. So both of these teams meeting up for a second-round tilt, and Missouri was the better team offensively from the start. But there was a change of things. You had Paulo Linney getting hot from three-point range for Missouri. But Julian Woodfield picking up his third foul with 15-42 left in the first half. At that point, Missouri was up 13-6. Then the Bruins would weather through and tie it at 30-all. And Winfield was somebody that the Bruins, without him in the game, UCLA was able to take advantage. Ed O'Bannon hit an elbow jumper, which gave him nine points in the game to give the Bruins their first lead, 32-30, with under four minutes to play in the first half. But Paul Olenny was so good from three-point range, making another one. He had 16 points in the first half. He kept making them from distance in UCLA's defense, breaking down in the last two minutes of the first half. So the Missouri Tigers are sporting a 42-34 lead at the half. All right, so let's get into the second half. Olenny hits a long two. Nails it over Tyus Edney. He's got 18 points. Olenny, Missouri up 44-36 to at that point. But then here comes Ed O'Bannon, and he realizes that he has got to will his team back. He hits a three. It's a four-point play, and Al McGuire, one of the broadcasters on the call for this one, said, quote, that is the guy, referring to Ed O'Bannon, who will take you to the promised land. 
end quote. And certainly it was going to be up to O'Bannon and how he functioned down the stretch if the Bruins were going to win this thing. Olenny hits another three with 16 minutes to play. Puts Missouri in front 52-43. to 43. Then O'Bannon gets with it. He abuses Grimm on the low block, spinning baseline, scoring, and one. O'Bannon missed the free throw, but at that point, it is a one-point score, 52-51, and UCLA goes on a run, up by as many as six. Kendrick Moore would then beat Charles O'Bannon baseline in Missouri, fighting back there. Now up by one, 61 to 60. Derek Grimm sinks a 30-footer as the shot clock expires, puts Missouri back in front, 69 to 67 over UCLA with five minutes left. Grimm was playing with four fouls at the time. And now we fast-forwarded to when UCLA was down 72-69. to They had missed a couple threes in that stretch, so they still remained down by three. Ed O'Bannon then gets it and takes it inside, scores off the glass. It is a one-point game. One-point game, the Bruins trailing by one. Now there's only 130 left. Olinny misses an off-balance three straight away right before the shot clock. And so the score is Missouri up by one still. Bruins basketball now as they get it in their offense. O'Bannon gets it, and he is fouled by Julian Winfield. That is his fourth foul. O'Bannon goes to the line. He makes both. So UCLA recaptures the lead 73-72. to So the Tigers get the ball back. Kendrick Moore holding it ahead of the key in between the rings, and he's eating up the clock here because there's about three seconds separating the game and the shot clock. He is lightly guarded by Tyus Edney. Finally, Moore puts the ball on the deck. Bruins big J.R. Henderson leaves his man, tries to stop the ball at the head of the key, which gives Julian Winfield an open look inside. Moore finds him, and Winfield scores 74-73 to Missouri, 4.8 seconds left on the clock, and they are going bonkers in Boise. UCLA then decides to call a timeout. And it was during this timeout where reports say that Ed O'Bannon came over to his team and, and he said, guys, we got this. We are going to win. Ensuring the team would come out, guaranteeing them with a win. So they get back. They've talked strategy and what they want to do on this play. They inbound it to Edney. The firecracker of a of a speedster, Edney is. He dribbles behind the back as he crosses the timeline and then changes directions, finds some open room down the right-hand side of the lane, just gets enough umph of the floater to arc over the outstretched arms of six foot nine Derek Grimm, who had his hands all over Edney's attempt but was afraid to foul, and the winner goes in at the horn. 75 to 74 UCLA, they capture the win. Edney is surrounded by a euphoric team as they round about him and celebrate and exult in what just took place. And basically Cameron Dollar, one of his teammates, said, quote, I gave him the ball 
And it was like, go, Tyus, go. He used his God-given speed so well. Jim Herrick called the play divine intervention. And Edney said there's no bigger shot he can think of in his life. And funny enough, how worlds clash down the road. Grimm, who could not block the shot of the game winner of Edney, those two would be teammates on the Sacramento Kings in 1997. Grimm was undrafted, but did spend some time on the Kings roster and then went on to play in the CBA. Coming up on the other side, the win was glorious, but there were more positive things coming UCLA's way during this NCAA tournament. We'll tell you how this key win propelled the team to even greater good throughout this NCAA tournament. Rarely will you see a championship team in the NCAA tournament go through all of their games with lopsided wins. Usually there's that one game where they sneak it out, they buckle down, they maybe catch a break late, they get lucky, whatever. There's something there where they barely survive, and that was UCLA against Missouri. The Bruins would go on to win it all the first time that they had won the national championship since 1975. And for once, a coach at UCLA did not have to hear, well, why can't you do what John Wooden do? Why can't you win a title? Jim Herrick finally got it done as it had been a 20-year drought. Now, the game itself, UCLA versus Missouri, was an instant classic, and it will go down as one of the best ever in NCAA tournament history. But you have to look beyond the game to understand how meaning, meaningful it was for UCLA. This was a game that signified to the players, that validated to them that they had what it takes. The roster that was there, they had what it takes to win it all. They had so much talent, but I think this was the win that gave them the confidence and the belief the self-assuredness that we can do this, we can go all the way. And they did that after beating the likes of Ray Allen and UConn, Corliss Williamson in Arkansas in the national championship game, and Jim Herrick after, like I said, 20 years of the Bruins getting so close to getting back to being a national championship team, Herrick raises up the trophy with his Bruins. The Bruins would get close to doing that again under the Ben Hallen years. And coming up later on this week on this podcast, we'll look at other key games under Hallen where the Bruins shined. This has been Locked on Bruins. I appreciate you all checking out my podcast, and I am Brian Fenley.